chancy job, and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely. Come on in for an evening of poems and stories about the American West. A land of legend, of romance, of friendship and courage. A motherload of remembrance. A true showcase of the Old West with the old cowboy, J.C. Holsey. was the very talented, or should I say the very multi-talented, Nicole Unser. When Nicole was asked what being country meant to her, she responded, I associate country with being an honest thing, with being a hard-working thing, being a dependable and trustworthy thing. I grew up country, and she's not lying. Nicole's love affair with country music began at a young age. 
She was introduced to folks like George Jones, Reba McIntyre, Leanne Walmick, and Don Williams before she could even spell. Over the years, she's developed a heart for storytelling, a hunger for performing, and a passion for pure, honest country music. Nicole says, I want to give folks what so many country albums have given me, a chance to cry, a reason to laugh, a time to bond, a different way of seeing the world, a new perspective, a realization, a time to reflect. And I mean that with every ounce of me. She also adds, I want to give people a reason to drive around the block one more time, even though they've already gotten where they're going. Nicole was the 2012 Texaco Country Showdown New Mexico State Champion, a nationwide talent contest. She's also played legendary places like the Ryman Auditorium and the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville. Nicole lives in Riverside, Washington, yet spends much of her time writing and recording in Nashville, Tennessee. Recently, she won first place in the 2015 Unsigned-Only Music Competition. She was chosen from over 7,000 entries from more than 100 different countries. Folks say Nicole Unser's songs are like a searing knife that cut to the core. Then a helping hand reaches out to lift you back up. Some say her voice sounds like a mix of many other artists. But let me tell you what, this old cowboy says you don't have to compare her to anybody else. She has a voice of her own, and she's a winner, in my opinion. I'm going to do this no matter what, she says. It doesn't stop, and it doesn't depend on whether I'm considered successful by industry standards. It's what fills me up. I'm in love, and it's a love affair with country music. I could never quit, and I kind of dig that. Nicole is honest, hardworking, dependable, and trustworthy. She is true country. We're going to be visiting with Nicole just a little bit later, but right now, let's listen to some good old country music. We're going to travel back to 1934. There was a young man that traveled the highways and byways of Canada. Alan M. Kirby, better known as the Black Ace Yodeling Hitchhiker, had a musical career that spanned 42 years. He traveled with his guitar, his harmonica, and auto harp, entertaining folks from all walks of life. He even sang to the King and Queen of England when they visited the Calgary Stampede. Let's listen now to the Yodeling Hitchhiker singing Bar Hunting. I picked them up and put a little down, caught every jump. 
something wasn't it we got some more kirby songs that we're going to be playing on another show you know i made a big mistake the other day as far back as i can remember i've always wanted a beard i was told the reason i couldn't grow one was because of my indian ancestry i don't know whether i believe that or not as i got older i was finally able to grow one anyway i ordered a new razor slash beard trimmer just in time to use it before i went to the event in louisiana i put the appropriate trimmer on the head and proceeded to trim my beard I ran it down the left side of my face twice the way I always did with the old trimmer. I was getting ready for another turn when I noticed the two swipes had cut all the way down to the skin. Well, I can't leave it that way, so I did the whole face. I guess it might look okay if it was dark, but it's not dark, it's white. Ain't nothing I can do about it now. I just have to let it grow back. In the meantime, I'm going to read the instructions about the new razor. We want to welcome to the Wild West Showdown today, singer, songwriter, and storyteller, Nicole Unser. Welcome, Miss Unser. Hello. Tell me a little bit about yourself, where you were born, where you grew up, and where you're living now. Well, I'm from Washington State. I was born in Spokane, and I lived there all my life. After I graduated college, I moved down to Austin, Texas for a while, and I made a little music there, and then I found my way over to Nashville for a couple of years. Now we're actually back in Washington. We're right up near the Canadian border, maybe only 30 minutes up there into Canada, in the mountains. It is gorgeous up here. We love it. Okay. I hear a whole lot of Texas in your voice. I've been getting that a lot since I was probably five years old, even. People would ask my parents, where did you pick up that little thing? I'll blame it on Reba and Lifetime Movie Network. Where's off on a little girl? You're married? Do you have children? I'm married, no children, two hound dogs, however, and that is more than enough. What kind of hound dogs? We have a little blue tick hound named Winston Jenkins, and we have a red bone hound appropriately named Reba McIntyre. <laughs> a lot of folks aren't going to understand a red bone and a blue tick, but I understand. You might say my granddaddy was a professional coon hunter, although he poured semen all day long. Josh says he wants to train them dogs to hunt, but they have become nice family pets, so I don't know if I want them out there. You know, those dogs have a hunting instinct bred into them. You may be holding them back from what they really need to be doing. I agree. When did you decide that you wanted to be a singer? I started singing as a little tiny kike, and 
I guess a little less traditional. I really didn't believe in myself till I was in college and I met my now husband and he kind of pushed me along and said, hey, I think you got something here. So I was in my early 20s when I finally picked up the guitar. I had been an orchestra, played the viola, which a lot of people don't know what the viola is. It's a little bigger than a violin. A uh, little deeper strings, which I liked. So I played my whole life, but I didn't start writing and really singing until, I guess, about eight, nine years ago. So you decided to uh, really start singing late in life for you since you've been singing since you was a tyke and you grew up with Reba. Why did you decide to write and sing country music? Have you ever considered any other genre? Is there another genre out there? I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on that. There's country and there's western, right? <laughs> uh, well, yes, that's true. <laughs> I was raised on country music, and uh, it's just what I grew up hearing my whole life, like a lot of us. And so it's just kind of what resonates in my bones, and the sound of the uh, steel guitar just melts me into a puddle. I've been singing along with Jones and Reba and, and the good old boys since I was little. And then when I started writing, it naturally just sort of came out in that form. Like I said, I've been singing since I was a little, like most of us. But the writing really just took off about five years ago or so. The more I write, the more I find my voice because you can have the tendency is to think you need to write for radio or for what's popular right now. But the more I write, the countryer it actually gets because the less I care about what's popular or what would sell on the radio and more I just care about getting the message across, you know, and writing music that people can relate to. Write and sing what's in your heart, darling. Being a native Texan, I, you know, I, I don't think any other states do country music. You're telling me way up there north in Washington, you, you did country as a kid? <laughs> Oh, yes, I like to tell people we got rednecks all the way up here to Canada. <laughs> That's news to me. <laughs> okay, do you have a favorite artist? That kind of depends on the day of the week. I tend to uh, love uh, the vocals of Don Williams, that soft, smooth. It's just so easy for him, you know. And then for the ladies, I, of course, Reba is a big one. But I do also love some of the newer ones being Natalie Maines from the Dixie Chicks. Her vocal range is something else. She had to go and get all controversial on us, of course. But vocally, I still love the gal. And uh, Gary Allen is another one of my favorites. And then George Jones, you know, the old possum. It's the standard, a classic. Yeah. When I moved to Texas, I was introduced to this whole new spectrum of music that I'd never heard of before that I really loved as well. So one of my favorite artists, that I, he's a newer guy, of course, but uh, is Hayes Carl. I don't know if you know much of his stuff, but I just really fell in love with that. That, that kind of uh, grittier, more cowboy Texas sound when I moved down there. I thought, well, this is cool. Okay, who's been the most positive influence in your life? Hmm, that is a good question. I guess I'd have to say my high school orchestra teacher, musically, she just, uh, whenever I wanted to quit and whenever I thought it was getting too hard, she just said, oh, you just, just play for one more year, you know, and she just kept me going. As a singer-songwriter myself, I know how tough it is to sometimes finish a song. 
I remember I, I had a song that had one sentence that stayed in my head for almost 10 years, and I couldn't get it to finish. Then one day, it just happened. Do you have that same problem? Absolutely. I just finished one that I had a line in my head for, for two years, which is a good amount of time as well. And uh, you can just, sometimes I think the idea seems like such a good idea. I don't want to mess it up. You know, I'm trying to think of just the perfect lines or you just sort of get uh, get clogged. You can't see past that one line sometimes. And uh, for me, the best thing has been to just to start writing lines on a page um, because the tendency is to not want to write anything down until it's the most perfect thing I've ever heard of. But if I can just get a line on the page, it's like it unclogs that a little bit. And then I can make that line better and then make that one a little better. And then it kind of gets the ideas flowing a little. But definitely sometimes the song, I think, is just not quite ready to be born or maybe we haven't had the experience we need to to be able to write that idea yet. But, uh, yeah, then it comes and you're like, well, there it is. <laughs> okay, you said you started writing, what, about five years ago? Um. Yeah, well, you know what? I guess about seven. Mm-hmm. How many songs have you written? Man, not as many as a lot of people. I'd say 50 or so. Well, now that depends on when you started. and uh, That might be a bunch and it might not be a very many. <laughs> out of uh, all of those songs that you've written, do you have a favorite? You know, it's like everyone you write is your new favorite. I have some that have um, won some contests, you know, and that are a little more well-known. Um, but definitely, it seems like the newest is always like, oh, this one's awesome, until so the next new one comes along. There is particularly special ones. Um, one that I wrote for my husband, it's called Sweet Eva, and I wrote it to be played at his grandmother's funeral service. It was a really special. We surprised his dad. It was his dad's mom at the graveside service with the song, and it was just one of those experiences that you're like, this is what real music is all about. Or we talked about uh, sometimes we'll get stuck with one line or something. How, if you're having a good day, how long does it take you to write a song? You recently played a song called I Do that I wrote for my husband last summer. He was out fishing. I thought, well, I'll just sit down and see what comes out. And it literally took mm, about 30 minutes, and it just sort of flowed out. So that is not common for me, however. Usually it's going to be a week where lines trickle out for a few weeks. You enjoy what you're doing, don't you? I sure do. Yep. They say a real writer has to write. Sometimes it'll pour out, sometimes it'll trickle out, but it's got to get out. I read someplace or I heard someplace that you taught yourself to play the guitar. Tell us about that. My husband's brother played guitar, and I kept trying to get him to accompany me uh, out, but he kept just kind of flaking out and not being able to make it, so I finally decided uh, I'm just going to need to learn to play for myself, and it really was the best thing that I could have done. So I went into Guitar Center, and I said, uh, I knew nothing about guitars, so I said, I'll take the $99 one. <laughs> and so I, I got the Yamaha, good sturdy Yamaha, and I went on YouTube, and I just watched people play, and I, I went on and Googled chords, you know, how to put your fingers on the chords, and which for better or for worse, because you also, you learn how to play guitar, but you also learn a lot of really bad habits. So I did take a few lessons after that, but initially, yeah, I just um, watched YouTube videos. What's the end of your fingers look like? 
Oh, they're flat as a pancake. <laughs> Hard and flat. I understand. Does your guitar have a name? You know, I just tend to call her Yami, short for Yamaha, Miss Yami. Okay, you still have the same Yamaha then? I do. You know, I recently won a songwriting contest in Nashville. It's called the Unsigned Only Music Competition. I have a song called Smokin', and I won um, $1,500, so I'm in the process of looking. There's a, a particular Gibson that I'm really interested in, but I'm taking my time and just sort of looking around and trying to find the, just the perfect one. So. I would recommend a Martin. Would you? Okay. See, everyone has their preferences. A Martin is the best. <laughs> yes, I keep hearing that for sure. Yeah, I've had all of them, and, and a Martin is the best. But anyway, you, you do what suits you. Yes. I saw some fantastic videos. Who creates your videos for you? I do them myself. You do them yourself. I have one video that I did create talking about the EP I released. Um, which was done by a friend. But the rest of them, I just, I either get help from a friend to just hold the camera, um, and then I edit myself, um, or I just set it up and press play, and then I, I have a little editing system on my computer that I use afterwards. Do you handle your own marketing, or do you have somebody do that for you? No, I am a jack-of-all-trades. I do it all myself, right, you know, right here from my desktop. Do you do a lot of traveling? My husband and I used to live in Nashville, he is actually a hunting and fishing guide. Uh, he takes people out hunting and fishing here in Washington. So he would fly back and forth for that. So now we decided we love the West. We wanted to get back over here. So we came over and bought a little homestead here. And now I travel back and forth to Nashville or to wherever I'm playing. So I do travel a little bit more now, actually. Okay. Are you any good at fishing? At one type of fishing, I'm pretty good. We mostly salmon fish here where the Columbia River meets a river called the Okanagan. And so I know how to fish that fishery quite well. But if you ask me to fish any other place or for any other kind of fish, probably not. All right. Do you have any advice for somebody that tells you they want to be a singer? Yeah, lots of it. I would say the most important thing that I've learned, well, earlier you said to write from the heart. And I think sometimes we hear stuff like that so often that we can go, yeah, yeah, but, but no, give me a tip that'll help my career or something. But what I've found is whenever I've experienced writer's block or, I mean, even to the extent for me, it's been a paralysis where I can't get anything out. And it always comes down to fear fear of rejection or fear of uh, all kinds of, you know, we all want our music to resonate with people. But the, the best songs I've ever written have been songs that I just poured my heart out for other people, like Sweet Eva. And so I guess my advice is to simply write every single day and to do your very best to, how do I phrase it, kind of not care what other people think to some extent. I mean, you want to write stuff that people can relate to. But at the same time, if you're writing for the approval of others, it is not going to be as authentic. And so it's not going to resonate as well. I think we all, as, as authors, as, as singers, songwriters, we all want that pat on the back. I think that's the most important thing to us. And we all want it so badly. We do. And yet, the only time I'm able to truly be the artist that I was created to be is when I tune out the world and I say, okay, God, 
what do you want to write through me today? And I kind of am able to finally let him take over. And then that's when the stuff pours out where I'm like, okay, that is a better song than I am a writer. So something bigger than me wrote that. And those are the songs that are going to have the most impact for sure. Are you working on a song right now? I am, yeah. I think I'm working on three right now. I just finished one or two here in the last month or so. They're rolling right along. Okay, somebody that's not an author or somebody that's not a songwriter doesn't understand how in the world can you work on three at the same time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so my response is how could I not work on three at one time? Sure. Where do you get your inspiration to write? Well, um, there's a term that we use in the writing world. Um, It's kind of the idea of keeping your antenna up at all times. Um, Every morning I wake up, first thing I do is I do um, a just kind of a flow of consciousness, right? For three whole pages, I just write and I don't let my pen stop. That's the only rule. And it gets the juices flowing in order to have my antenna up throughout the day. Um, And if I'm paying attention... People will always, in conversation, say things without realizing it that are like, oh, that's good. But if I haven't been writing and I don't have my antenna up, I can miss it. So I have a notebook or I have my phone. And um, literally, if you just listen to people, I mean, you get tons of ideas every single day. And then, of course, books and movies and those things always have really good lines and ideas, too. You're on Facebook. You're on Twitter. How else can people get in touch with you? I have a website, NicoleUnser.com. Yeah, the Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I, I'm putting videos up on YouTube. And my email is NicoleUnserMusic at gmail.com. I love chatting with people and, and hearing from people. So. All right, and you do have some free songs on that website, don't you? I do. There's a button. If you click it, you can get seven free songs, the whole EP. You just type in what email you want me to send it to, and then I'll send it over. Yeah. Let's take a little break, and we'll come back and talk to you a little bit later, okay? Okay. I thought I'd tell you about the event that I went to. I traveled to Shreveport, Bowser City, Louisiana, for an event February 27th. My sidekick did pretty good this time. He didn't say hardly anything until we got close to the motel. But the next morning, when we went to the event, he got a little confused. Either that or I was having a hard time understanding him. Eventually, after many wrong turns, we arrived at their destination. But there wasn't nobody there. I reckon I got nobody to blame but myself because I didn't check everything out. Normally I do, but this time I was invited by one of the guests on the Wild West Showdown. So I assumed everything's going to be the way it was explained. But then maybe I'm a little too eager to go to these events and let folks know about my books and and the Outlaws Publishing franchise. Now here I am sitting here alone at the event. Why is it I'm always early for everything? It's been that way for as long as I can remember. I just do not like to be late for anything. And if I'm truthful, I don't like waiting for somebody, especially if they're running late. I hate it when you have a repairman coming or expecting a delivery. You know, they tell you, oh, he'll be there between one and four, like I don't have nothing else to do but sit around and wait on him. I got a feeling this ain't going to be a very good event. Why do I feel this way? I can't give a definitive answer to that question. It's just a feeling. You ever have a sort of a niggling feeling that starts off slow and easy, then seems to grow bigger the closer you get to something? Well, that's how I'm feeling now. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I kind of doubt it. I've had this same feeling in the past, so we'll just have to wait and see, won't we? Lurleen Bowden, the one that invited me to this event, and, and me are the only authors here. Another reason for that niggling feeling. She told me they're going to serve breakfast at 8 o'clock. It's now 8.30, and I'm just the second person here. 
Why are folks always predictable and late? You'd think as old as I am, I'd learn after a while not to do things like this. But I reckon it's like somebody said. We do it because we crave attention. And if this is how I'm going to get that attention, then so be it. Well, the event's finally started. Let me tell you about it. It's a celebration of Black History Month honoring C.C. Antoine. I'm sitting here suffering because what they classify music is so loud, it's shaking my insides. Now, don't laugh. I'm serious. It's shaking my insides, literally. Let me say this. It ain't country music, if you get my drift. I hope I'll be able to last for a little while. Hooray! (laughs) I made a sale. I sold a $3 book. What if that's all I sell? Is that what you're asking? Well, I look at this event the same way that I look at every other event I go to. It's a learning experience. And believe you me, (laughs) I've learned this time. Would I do it again? Maybe. Maybe not. Why would I even consider it? Because, like I said earlier, as an author and a publisher, I need to get my name out there. So if I have to suffer a little bit, and in this case suffer a lot, then I might do it again. However, there is one thing I would do. I'd bring earplugs next time, and that's the bottom line. I feel so out of place in this environment right about now. Not only is my insides vibrating, but I think my eardrum just burst. I went to the concession stand to get a hot dog. I placed my hands on the counter, and it was vibrating the same way as my insides was. It reminded me of those folks driving down the highway sharing what they call music with everybody. The cars bouncing up and down and a rattling and a shaking. Of course, I'd have to classify this just a little bit different. I walked in here on my own and really can't fuss too much. Not like the folks sharing in their cars. Is it just because I'm an old man? But I can't understand what folks call music today. I located a radio station on my way home that billed itself as today's country music. I ask, what's wrong with yesterday's country music? I'm afraid this old cowboy don't like today's country music. A lot of that music sounded like rap is moving into Nashville. By the way, I don't classify rap as music. It was explained to me this way. If you can't whistle the tune, then it ain't music. Okay, let's visit some more with Nicole Unzer. Okay, so you're doing all this yourself. You don't have a publisher. You don't have a record label or anything. What would you do if you were to get a record label and become rich and famous? How would it change your life? <laughs> well, you know, that, that can be for better or for worse as well. You There are benefits such as greater exposure. You do have a team to help you with that exposure. Then again, you lose a lot of control as well when um, other people start making decisions for you. So a lot of people say, well, how could you not want to be rich and famous? Of course you want to be. And truly, I have gotten to a place where I wouldn't say I would necessarily turn down an opportunity. But then again, I would make sure when I was younger, it would have been, yes, sign me up, whatever it is. Here we go. But Luckily, I've gotten enough experience now, and I've gotten comfortable enough in my musical identity, I guess you'd say, to be able to make sure that it would benefit me in the long run. And when it comes down to music, a lot of people have a lot of different visions for what they want to do with their music. And when you say that you want to have complete control over your music, that way you continue to help people and to say the things you want to say. People can tend to be like, yeah, right. We all just want to be rich and famous. And and truly, I've gotten to a place where I simply want to write songs that will change people or make them laugh or allow them to cry. I really, really just want to write authentic music. So 
whatever will let me do that, I want, and whatever will keep me from doing that, I, I don't want. So that can be tricky, figuring out what really is a good opportunity and what isn't. You said you have a hunger for performing and a passion for pure, honest country music. I hear almost every day how pure country music is dead and gone. What do you got to say about that? Everything is a cycle, just like the seasons and the weather. Maybe on radio, you might be able to say that's true. But the cool thing with the Internet and with how connected we all are now is we can release music ourselves online. Just like you said, I, I don't necessarily have a label or anything, but I'm able to get music directly out to the fans as often as I want. So what that means is there are lots of people putting out really great, honest country music that tells honest stories. We just have to look for them in different ways. You might not be able to find it on the radio, but you can go online and definitely find it on there. And I think it's coming back around, even commercially. It seems that people are getting a little tired of the, the pickup trucks and the beer drinking songs, and they're craving something with a little more substance. So I wouldn't be surprised if radio starts swinging back as well. Well, we want to thank you for being our guest today on the Wild West Showdown. I want to give you a special invitation to come back and visit any time. I am so happy to be here with you, and I, I look forward to the next time. Okay, you know we're going to be playing your music some more. Oh, I love it. I thank you so much, and I do appreciate it. Okay, if you're ever in Texas, come see me. Well, thank you for having me, and uh, I'll talk to you real soon. I'll check out your website, too. All right. We want to say thank you to Marie Kirby for allowing us to play the Yodeling Hitchhiker song on the show. That was her daddy, you know. And a great big Texas thanks goes to Nicole Unser for being our special guest on the Wild West Showdown today. I hope you enjoyed today's show as much as I did. Why don't you send an email and let me know how much you enjoyed it. jc at theoldcowboy.net or jc at outlawspublishing.com Now how about some of that cowboy wisdom before we head out? Telling a feller to get lost and making him do it are two entirely different propositions. This is the old cowboy saying adios and happy trails. Come on back next week to the Wild West Showdown with the old cowboy J.C. Holsey. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.